Hello and welcome to the CTO Magazine interview series. I'm Maria Espona with ARHIC, Argentina Information Quality. And today we have the pleasure of talking with Vina Nayak at the University of Phoenix. Good morning, Maria. A pleasure to meet you. You identify several uh, components of the strategy and how to develop. How you put this together with a roadmap? Because you yeah. mentioned something already, but if you want, if you can land it a little bit more to, to understand. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the roadmap, the term roadmap is, you know, is definitely a very interchangeably used term. So I, I just want to kind of clarify. To me, a roadmap is, is kind of a, you know, there's a guiding light at the end. Mm -hmm. um, there's a starting point and you want to get to that end point. Mm -hmm. And the journey can be a straight line, it can be a curved line, it can have multiple stops. Uh, but one thing that is very clear to me is a roadmap is not set in stone. It needs to be super agile because again, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of things um, that we know today is not going to be true tomorrow. Um, as also we all know in the world of technology and software development or solution creation, um, there are a lot of unknowns that's, that's going to come up that you did not plan for. So a roadmap needs to be a very uh, loosely but very focused end goal. And you work backwards from that end goal to make sure that you are going through that journey and creating a path to that end goal. Now, there are, there are many ways to do this. Um, I, uh, like I said earlier, I lead the data products family, which is uh, we've really instituted the product methodology and, and all of the data um, assets that we create are modeled in a product fashion. So in order to get to where we needed to, really needed to have a high level plan of what that end vision of these products look like. So you need to start with a vision. You need to understand you know, what it may look like. What is it going to do for your customers? Uh, why is it important? What are all the, the aspects you're going to bring? That's very high level. It's just really blue sky. And then you go back to really bringing it to reality by saying, okay, well, now what do I have and how do I get there? And the roadmap is really laying that path of the milestones you're going to get mm -hmm. to make sure you actually are on track to getting to that end goal. Um, so as you think of the strategy and you think of your roadmap, it's not uncommon to typically make a three-year plan. And you know most companies do a three to five-year roadmap, uh, but it's really essential that those roadmaps can be broken down into smaller chunks. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then again, it's super important to evaluate and monitor you know, the program, the progress of these, these items that you're building. Mm -hmm. uh, so what we do is uh, typically we do a one-year, we have a three-year vision, we do a one-year roadmap at the beginning of, you know, whatever is your timeline. So it may be your financial calendar, it could be the Gregorian calendar, whatever, the start of the new year, build a one-year plan, but then break it down to smaller chunks. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I like to do it at a quarterly basis. And each quarter, you look at the roadmap or the end goal and say, where are mm -hmm. we? And what, what do we think we can achieve in the next three months? Is, is that relevant? Are there any risks and dependencies? Are the risks and dependencies immediate or are they something that we see upcoming in the future state? All of this allows you to really bring together um, all of the stakeholders you're gonna need in order to, to make this happen. So again, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll take a, an example 
uh, of us. Uh, we're building a new product um, that we want to leverage data to personalize and nurture our students, for example. We're using a knowledge graph and we're building the necessary APIs. Now, in order to do this, obviously, there's just a lot of other components. We need data from many different applications. We need an ability to integrate this to the system that our, our staff's going to use. As we identify these big blocks, um, we need to consider, do we have the expertise? Do we need training for our people to know how to do this? So all of these components typically are not necessarily part of your roadmap, but I like to make it because if you don't have AI for what may be needed across the three P's, you know, your product, your process, and your people, you are mm -hmm. not going to be successful. So to me, a roadmap, again, is, is a kind of slightly a interesting journey that each company is going to take on, but it always starts with an end goal and it always starts with making sure you're constantly monitoring and evaluating and changing as needed to get to your strategy. Thank you. I like what you mentioned about the, the flexibility that the roadmap should have to adapt to the, to the times because it, many things can change and we have this technology base that is so fast that is affecting everything in, in so you, you never know what will happen and having a close monitor of what you are achieving and what you want to achieve it allows you to yeah to keep on track somehow uh, i have another question about how you engage people on on this journey it's uh, someone you should start to work with first like first with the leadership and then check uh, which capacities do you have in the in the company or you approach all the main stakeholders together? Do you have any suggestion about this? I, I think personally, I think you do need both, right? You, you need a leadership sponsorship because, you know, without mm -hmm. them giving you an understanding of what's important to them uh, and what level of investment they're able to make, because again, at the end of the day, there are various factors that in decision. So um, it's really important to have an understanding. I, I really like to take a both top down and a bottom up approach. Mm -hmm. um, so understanding from your senior leaders, what's important to them, and then understanding from your team, what's what's possible, given what they know and what they have, and then making sure you're sharing the information on both sides, as in to your senior leadership, um, you know, you've asked me to build uh, a spaceship, but I only have the capacity to build a boat. Um, <laughs> what do you want me to do? Versus, you know, your team um, saying that, well, I can only, you know, build a road, but I really need, uh, you know, you to build a ramp. So how are we going to get there? Like, so again, the conversation needs to be on both sides. Uh, mm -hmm. But as a leader, I think that, um, you know, it's my job you know, to really convey to both the importance of getting to that goal. Really, mm -hmm. again, if um, the senior leadership is unable to understand why they can't achieve what they, they uh, you know, envision as a possibility, it's my job to explain the level of investment needed, the level of investment needed, not only from in terms of resources, mm -hmm. um, but also in terms of upskilling your teams, perhaps, or building the change management you know, again, many a time senior leaders uh, want AI and ML in everything. Well, mm. well, can you really leverage that? Let's just be real about the use cases that really need it. So I really think that it's a harmony. It's 
you know, both of the leaders and the team members first understanding, you know, why they need it, why they need it now. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there, there are many times we hear of, uh, you know, uh, businesses wanting a specific um, data asset right now. But when you really dig deeper, you're like, no, you, you could do with this alternative, which is mm -hmm. something I can build for you just now and keep moving until we build this future state. So I, I, I think it's a combination. That, that's great. And it takes me directly to my, sec my, my next question that is related to uh, now we all are listening about the chat GPT and how it is used, would well used or not uh, at the universities. And I think it's part of the example that you say that the leadership or some people wants to uh, have the the most technological in the in their organization, like AI or ML, as you said. But what do you think about this ChatGPT? Because it's uh, it's something that the students can use, the professors too, and how you see it in the, in uh, how it, it integrates into your strategy. Because you you must develop something to to deal with it. Yes, you're right, and I'm sure all of us in the world of data, um, you know, especially in the last few months, and because of the popularity of these new applications, you know, ChatGPT and other, you know, similar large language models that have really become popular, we're all being asked, you know, how we can leverage that and what we need to do. Um, to me personally, being a data geek and in the world of data, I'm very excited that people are beginning to recognize the potential of AI and ML. Um, again, we all know AI and ML have been around for years. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's been there for the longest time that I can think of, uh, it's just not been something that's been well understood. So I think lately with the popularity of some of these um, applications that are leveraging these models, um, I think it's come to the forefront that the potential of AI and ML to partner with humans to make the world you know, that much better for us is mm -hmm. a possibility. Um, now, as we all know, with anything, with especially with AIML, but with anything, uh, moderation, having the right level of ethics and responsibility mm -hmm. is the only way you can make the best use of it. So there is always the ability for misuse of information. And AI, like we all know, is really just going to do what it's told to do and, and mm -hmm. from the data that it has. So again, garbage in, garbage out, so we've got to be careful, uh, a lot of the, the popularity of some of these, um, again, widely used in the recent times, applications are built and trained over, over data that's available in the wild. Mm -hmm. And not all of that information is always accurate. So you do have to use your judgment about mm -hmm. where this can be leveraged. Now, in particular, I feel like uh, there are just so many uh, opportunities I've seen and I've heard from many how um, there's now the ability to research more, right? I mean, there are some really good, there is a lot of information out there um, across the world. And, you know, to for a human to possibly start gathering, collating and assimilating that data, 
is not something that um, could be achieved in a short span of time. So these, these, these uh, applications are allowing us to get to the depths of knowledge that was sitting out there across the world uh, today much faster. Uh, we, I truly believe in the world of education, uh, making that available for our students. Many of our students, and again, at University of Phoenix, we serve a age group um, of students um, that are typically much older than our traditional students. Uh, what that means is they also have a lot more challenges in life. They have families, they have dependents. And so the time that they have perhaps to focus on their education is limited, which means the more the resources they have, like these applications, the better their process of education and learning can be. So again, I, I really think that um, there's a place for it in our world. There's a place for using it correctly, and there's a place for it being a partner to human intelligence. Wow, this is great. I, I never thought about what you say, uh, how to use it for people that they don't have much time or resources to, to study in a different way. This is a great thing. We usually see, uh, hear about more the problems uh, not quoting properly or other kind of things. So it's good that you are including it and that it's part of what we have been do, uh, have been talking. It's uh, something that arrives, it's from long time here, but now this uh, application is there and the people can use. So the, the flexibility that we have, have been discussing, uh, it's uh, an example of, of this, I believe. And uh, I have a final question. And it's about AI, how you see it, uh, how you see the future in the next five years, how you see it growing, slowing down. <laughs> I, I, I see it growing. I don't think there is um, any slowing down anytime soon in my mind. I think that we really just scratched the top, the tip of the iceberg, you know, and we, it's been around for the longest time, but I think finally it's got some focus Mm -hmm. um, and I truly believe, again, if used in the right way, if, if used with a lot of ethics and compliance, um, mm -hmm. we can help solve many of the current problems uh, or challenges, not problems, I would say the challenges that we ha have in the world today. Um, I'm hoping, and again, um, you know, my, my forecast or prediction is that uh, we will soon see this AI and many of the next generation models that we're gonna see coming up because there's just, again, a lot of interest in developing more in the space. Uh, we will use it to solve uh, world challenges, I hope. Um, I, I really hope that uh, we will leverage it more to solve our climate issues, sustainability issues. Um, you know, There's a lot of data that um, has been collected. We really need to make sure uh, we partnered it with the objectives. And um, I also see that while we've been using it over the years, predominantly in um, you know, many of our customer experience um, and, and in, a, in a way in healthcare, I do wanna see it grow tremendously in the space of healthcare. I think there's a huge opportunity there. Um, we all know, you know every single human is different and the way we react um, to many of the ailments or diseases is very is an individual experience. So if we could collect that data and be proactive about our health, our nutrition, and help help a lot of the uh, people who are unaware, 
um, I think that you know life, the quality of life is going to get better. And so really, again, focusing AI and leveraging it in healthcare, I think is a is going to be a huge benefit. And, and again, we use it today. I, I see that it's going to make more strides in the next few years. I also think that uh, you know there is an opportunity um, in the domain of world politics. I think uh, recently I've seen many news articles about um, the U.S. government uh, using it in you know many places. We're trying to use it in uh, many of our services, and many other countries are doing that. So as we come together as a global economy, I think really leveraging AI and our past experiences to help inform what we can do together, uh, I think it will make the world a much better place. I, I you know, again, uh, these, these are my uh, hope about where and my, my predictions about where we will leverage it the most. I, I mean, we'll continue to use it to personalize customer experiences, make um, our everyday uh, processes like buying um, items, shopping, um, or some of the entertainment parts that we go to today, uh, that's going to evolve as well. But to me, you know, really the big benefit is going to be in these other areas um, that has a much more global impact. Thank you so much to, for your answer. It brings optimism for this time uh, that we are going through wars and the, the situation is so complicated after the pandemic and you're bringing a, the idea of a brighter future ahead. And this is something so good, so needed in our time. So thank you so much uh, for joining me today. And please visit cdomagazine.tech for additional interviews. Thank you. Thank you, Maria. It was a pleasure chatting with you and I hope you have a good rest of the day. Thank you, you too.